The number one question we get from listeners is, do we have a written step-by-step roadmap to guide you on how to train your dog? We don't, but Standing Stone Supply does. They're the creators of the complete step-by-step dog training program that takes your dog from brand new puppy and gets it well on its way to that finished dog you've always dreamed of. They've mapped out the timelines to help guide you, the videos for every step of the way to show you, and even have the needed gear made into shopping lists to make it easy to supply you. Check out the course at StandingStoneSupply.com to gain unlimited access for all current as well as future lessons and be sure to use the code GDIY to save 10% at sign up. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY 20 at checkout to save 20%. It's your decision. You have to make up your mind, but then you have to stick with it at least long enough to see whether it's working or not before you go to another method. If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the Center for Pet Safety. The double-wall rotomodal construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions. Also, Gunner Kennels has a lifetime warranty. These kennels are built to last a lifetime, and Gunner stands behind that. Gunner also has all the accessories you could need from fan kits to help keep them cool, performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels and even tie-down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around in your truck. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, head on over to gundogityourself.com and click on the Gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link, and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. And we're back for another week of GDIY, everybody. Welcome back. Adam, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? living the dream as always as always you're living that dream <laughs> as always yep so uh we kind of have a fun little episode for everybody this week this week we uh we kind of teased it last week with scott and uh we already had it on the plans and it's kind of generic it's nothing really too specific but it says drinking from a water hose you know if you don't know what you're getting into and you're trying to ask for advice getting too much can uh, be problematic so specifically a fire hose not just any old water hose but a fire hose <laughs> exactly. large volume of information large yep. large volume of water large volume of info and trying to figure out how to sort through that stuff and filter it and figure out what advice you're going to follow that's kind of yeah. the gist of the episode and i hope everybody enjoys this episode i mean heck with just kind of a such a wide-ranging topic we're trying to narrow it down ourselves so this episode is kind of Kind of like just me and you preaching the whole time, and right. uh, so we didn't didn't really narrow it down. We didn't didn't have a set bullet list or or anything like that. We we're just kind of talking about it, and uh, I, I thought it was some good information after listening to it back, and hope you guys enjoy. But uh, yeah, so we'll get to that here in a second. If you uh, haven't already signed up for Patreon, I want to thank everybody. We've kind of had an influx here lately of people signing up. And, uh, you know, we're about 60% to the Gunner giveaway on Patreon. You know, we have we have a goal for once we hit 100 users on Patreon, we're going to do a Gunner giveaway just for those people. And your odds increase the more dollars you 
you uh, put towards us. So, uh, yeah, if you want to get in on that, be sure to check us out, patreon.com forward slash gundog yourself. We appreciate it. And then also we uh, we need to give everybody a shout out for really responding here lately on some of the ratings and reviews, especially on Apple, because uh, especially like two weeks ago, I don't know what we said or did, but we had an influx of great reviews and it really helps us out. Uh, we're not you know, techies by any means, Joe knows more about that than us. Yep. But, uh, I know that it has something to do with the algorithm. If somebody types in hunting dog or gun dog or whatever, the, the higher rating we have, the better chance of it showing up. So those ratings really do count and it does matter to us. And we appreciate everybody taking the time and leaving us a good rating and review. Absolutely. And, uh, also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and uh, that helps out as well. Yeah. And with that being said, I think we're done promoting. Now it's time. This is Life Advice with Adam. I have a listener question for you this week, Adam. All right. <laughs> Send it. Yep. So we had a listener write in a question and ask, where do you draw the line on... How distant of a relationship do you need to have with a person when during it's hunting season, okay, and you get a wedding invitation in the mail? How far away do they have to be away from you relationship-wise so you can turn them down and not feel guilty about going hunting instead of going to their wedding? Man, that's a tough one because, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, it, regardless of who's getting married, I... I Deep down, I just want to go hunting, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I can say that because uh, both of my brothers are already married and, uh, you know, I don't I don't see any any marriages of close relatives happening anytime soon. So I'm, <laughs> I think I'm in the clear for a while until my kids get married, but I've got hopefully quite a few years before that happens. Yeah, if it's your kids, you definitely got to be there. <laughs> don't think your wife's letting you off for that one. This is great advice, right? If your kids are getting married, don't go hunting. Write that down, people. Yep. Um, yeah, if it's a close friend, it's it's kind of a toss-up, honestly. I Well, don't schedule weddings during hunting season, that, dude. Who does that? Hey, this isn't life advice with Nick, but that's kind of what I was thinking. And if they're a close enough friend... They're going to understand not to send you a wedding invitation during hunting season. Yeah. Uh, get married in the summer. When most people get married. <laughs> Spring. Spring or summer. Well, if you don't time it right, you're going to have to deal with a wedding anniversary every year during hunting season. I mean, I guess yeah. if you don't hunt, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah. If you're a hunter, I mean, I know a few buddies that have gotten married and they're actually hunters. Like, what are you doing, man? You know you're going to lose out on that week or weekend every year during hunting season i think it was my cousin that got married a few years ago and she scheduled it for like the opening day of bow season Ooh. and her dad is a huge deer hunter i'm like man every single like he's he's gonna be good for like years after he doesn't have to attend her anniversary celebration but her husband's not gonna be able to hunt but whatever right uh <laughs> i'm kind of joking around like deep down if i have a family member or a close friend getting married it's obviously a priority but uh, it's always a struggle. It's always like, man, really? You got to get married during the season? <laughs> we sound ridiculous that that's even a thought that crosses our mind because committing your life to someone else, you know, is a pretty big deal. It's yep. pretty huge. Yep. Potentially the greatest, largest Decision. commitment you could ever make. <laughs> well, personally, 
when me and Pam got engaged, I'm like, I don't care when, where, how, whatever, but not during these months. And I just blocked out the fall and early spring. <laughs> so you do care when. Hey, the rest of the year was hers, man. She got like three quarters of a year to choose from. You All I choose- said was this section. Not a, That's a no-go. Oh, man. Yeah, that's ridiculous. No, it, it pays. Uh, I think the right thing to do is go to the person's wedding. <laughs> well, you got to tell me later who sent this question in. That's a good one. That was Life Advice with Adam. God, that was ridiculous. Do you have trouble physically making it through long hunts? Is your dog always giving you that angry look telling you to keep up? You train your dog, but now it's time to train yourself. Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong is the company for any hunter that is looking for an effective fitness routine to get healthier and be able to hunt longer and harder. This company has merged fitness and the passion of hunting to help people like you and me continue to do what we love. From the Rockies to the Smokies and every field of prairie in between, this company can get you ready to go longer, cover more ground, and recover quicker. Go to RockyMountainHuntStrong.com and see their program for yourself. Use the discount code GDIY to save 15% and get to work. Train harder, hunt stronger, and recover faster. All right, Adam, this episode is trying to decipher the correct route and manage information in the best way possible. So we need to try and be 100% clear on this so we don't confuse anybody. Okay, we'll try. (laughs) (laughs) So we're here to try and make sense out of maybe too much information at one time is a bad thing. Yeah. Or we we honestly don't even know how to put into words what we're trying to address here. It's drinking from a fire hose. Let's manage information in bite-sized chunks and make sense out of it, especially as a dog handler and how we go about figuring the best method and path to train our dogs. Yeah. You just put it into words right there. We're, we're wanting to give people advice on how to manage the information that they get. Um, and the example that will probably work around for this whole podcast is when someone shows up to a NAVDA training day or even just getting together to train with people and you're, you're the newbie. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone wants to help you. So you end up with all these different, uh, different types of advice. You end up with generalizations, you end up with matter of facts. Um, and I, I really like the analogy of, you know, a recipe for something. If yeah. you're cooking something, everyone's going to tell you, oh, no, 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 no. You never add salt to chicken noodle soup. And then the next person will tell you, you have to add salt to chicken noodle soup, you know? Yep. So if you've never cooked before, you walk away going, dude, I don't know what to do. And that's how people feel sometimes. Maybe I take the salt and only put half of it in. <laughs> there you go. I don't, you split the difference. There you go. But, uh, Biggest thing, and you talk about it a lot, is ask why. Yes. And and that's that's really my main point in all this because i mean we've all been there you know it wasn't too long ago that me and you were there to where you're just starting out and you're like i have no clue and you're grasping everywhere to try and find information and especially when you're brand new to it you you don't really fully understand that you you're trying to find information so much as you're kind of looking for somebody to just say do it this way yeah well there's all and we've talked about it before and I joked about it last week with Scott too. There's a lot of people out there that are like never let your pointing dog 
catch a bird. Yeah. And why? Right. Yeah. At certain stages in the dog training, in the dog's training. Sure. But for a puppy, let them catch a bird. Um, yeah. So there's, and that's a good example. I mean, that one pops up and I mean, yeah. there's a million examples and I know we, you know, we've touched on that a few times over the past few weeks with Emily and Scott yep. and, and everybody. And, and it's kind of a, you talk to some old timers, they'll say it's kind of a, a, a new way of looking at it. Right. And the new people, you know, that have it and they're like, oh, well, he's just old school and he doesn't understand. And yep. then you get in this whole, the older class is saying the new people are crazy and the new people are saying the old people just don't understand. And it honestly doesn't get anybody anywhere with that mentality because you can learn from both the old school, new school, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. And so we've been there to when somebody new comes up and we've been there before somebody shows up to a training day and they just throw their hands up and they say, I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody help me. Yep. And that, you know, that's fine. It's good. You're acknowledging that you don't know what you're talking about and you're open to learning and hearing new advice. But the problem with that is, especially if it's at a training day or even just a, a small group with four or five people there, if you say that everybody wants to help you out and you're going to get, say there's five people, you're going to get five people's different ways of looking at it and you're you're still not going to know where to go like you said if you're cooking chicken noodle soup and you know you ask two people and one says don't put salt in the other one says put salt in as you leave there saying well where did we land on the salt yeah exactly on their drive home they're like man i don't know what to do so i think it's important that everyone does ask you know, acknowledges and has a humility to say, I don't know what's going on. Right. And as men, we're usually bad about that. Women are way better when it comes to dogs. We want to have answers. Well, and there's the tough guy thing too, of like, I'm, I got a hunting dog and I don't want to let anyone know that I don't know what's going on, but yeah. Newsflash. We all know that you have no clue. (laughs) Uh, Seriously, people show up and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then, it's it's just so evident that you're like, oh yeah, you watch some YouTube videos. Like we'd we'd be way better off if you just said, I really don't know what I'm doing. This is my first Oh, you're dog. talking about the new I thought you were talking about the guy trying to help the new person out and it's like, dude, we know you don't know what you're talking no, about. No, no, no. Like, I'm talking about when just the the importance of having humility and yeah. saying, I don't know what I'm doing, because you see a lot of people that try to make it they don't have the humility to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Please yes. help. So, yeah. but um, there's a, there's a good way to do it and a right. bad way. You know, the bad way is showing up in, in the parking area or at the tailgates, just throwing your hands up and there's 10 people around and you say, how do I do this? Because you're going to get so many different answers. And the sad thing is, it's not a one-on-one type of situation. Right. So you're not you going to be, you're, you can't go to 10 different people and be like, okay, you said do X, Y, and Z. Why? Right. And, you know, if you're doing it one-on-one, then you have the capability of a one-on-one discussion of asking why. What What is the reasoning? Why are you telling me to do it this way? Not that it's the right way or wrong way. I just need to understand why you think that is the path that I need to take. I don't know if I'd call it a bad thing to just let 10 people overwhelm you with their opinions. Just be prepared you know, to be overwhelmed, to get hit with the fire hose of information. So then where it becomes bad is if you try to 
scramble all that together, it won't make any sense. So just like we talk about with selecting a breeder, how it's important to get along with the breeder, I think, first of all, you have to select a mentor. And part of that selection process is figuring out who did I enjoy being around the most today? Like if you're brand new, you don't know how to determine, do I like their training method? Probably not, right? But if you, you just feel comfortable, in, with. yeah, if you're just comfortable with them and you enjoy talking to them and you I share w- some of the same interests, maybe w- that aren't yes. dog related interests, then right. pick that person as a mentor and go with it. Well, that I would say that's important, but also look at their dogs. If their dogs yeah. are trained or hunting the way that you want to hunt and you get along with them, then pick them for the That's mentor. a great point. But don't just show up and because, you know, oh, hey, we have, you know, both of our favorite food is pizza. <laughs> you know, I, you're going to teach me how to train my dog. No, yeah. you know, you still have to vet them out a little bit because, you know, you can get along and be best friends with somebody and they, <laughs> and you, you might not train, you know, well you see together. their dog in the field and I don't want my dog anything like that. Yep. And we've also been, you know, around this world long enough. Some of the people that we don't get along with at all have great dogs and a great training method, but it, it's a tough shell to crack. Right. And so, yes, it, I would say it is important to get along with somebody and help guide you, but you also need to make sure that your goals are kind of in li- aligned with. It doesn't help for you to just pick somebody because you like them if, if their dog isn't of the caliber that you want. Yeah, and that gets into considering what type of breed they have. So I wouldn't say just pick somebody based on like, oh, cool, we both have small Munsterlanders. Let's yeah. train together. Yep. But – if they are like, this is the way to do it, no other option, <laughs> and you're like, okay, you have a Spinoni. Like, yeah. there's one way to do it for a Spinoni. There's a way to do it for a Munstee. There's a way to do it for a short hair, for a Poodle Point or whatever. So don't pick based off breed, but use that as kind of a way to measure. Are they saying that the way that works for their dog is the only way, or are they acknowledging like, this is what works for my dog, but your dog may be different. That would be a good indicator yeah. for me of like, okay, cool. I want to, I want to train with him. Like yeah. Norm for me, he has Spinonis. What works for his dog doesn't work for mine. And what works for mine doesn't work for his, but we can still it's help gussy. each other out. Um, yeah. So, and honestly, when I was first getting into it, I was just spinning my wheels. I was like everybody else. Okay. Let's read this book. Let's look at this YouTube video. Let's, right call this pro trainer that, you know, you meet them in person and it doesn't exactly live up to your expectations. And you're just like, man, I don't know where the heck I am. And honestly, like until you have a little bit of context with some of these dogs and you can have that one-on-one discussion with somebody and understand what they're actually talking about, you know, I've, I've read books and come away more confused than I was before reading the book because you're just getting one perspective of the guy telling you how to train your dog. And so right. it wasn't really until like, you know, Norm and a couple other people within the chapters is like, Hey, you know, you go out there and train with them and yes, they're advising you on how to do it, but you're also learning why they're telling you to do it that way. And so it, that's really what kickstart started my learning and understanding what we're doing it's one thing to know how to do something it's another to understand why and what foundation you're really building and 
But then eventually you kind of get to the point to where I need another perspective. Say you get another dog, you get another breed, you know, you're on your second or third dog. You know, maybe your first one was a high drive dog. Second one is a little bit lower drive, a little more cooperation or something like that. You know, you have different hurdles and a lot of people, they just have one way of doing it because they've, you know, they've been doing it for 20 years a certain way and they say this works for all dogs. And we say it all the time, generalization does not work well with dog training. And yes, you can possibly force, you know, a method on a dog and eventually maybe end up with what you're, you know, close to what you're wanting. But there's other methods out there and different viewpoints that you can apply to certain dogs and their personalities that gets you a stronger foundation and gets you to the end goal quicker and just more efficiently. Yeah. And, you know, through all this, the thing that keeps coming to mind for me is humility, not with just the the new person, but you kind of hinted on it there is even the experienced person needs to have humility because yes. even when you've been training dogs for 20 or 30 years, you need a fresh perspective every once in a while. And the, the new person that asks a certain question really makes you think. And, and that's where I see a lot of people just like, well, I've been doing this for X number of years. I've trained X number of dogs. You know, here's all my accolades. This is how many this champions. Many ribbons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't care what book you read or what you watched on YouTube. This is what works. Well, listen to those questions. And, you know, for all the, the experienced people out there, um, listen to the questions, critically think about it, and maybe don't be so set in your ways. Yeah, and especially in today's day and age social media i mean you can get on facebook groups or whatever and you see all kinds of crazy stuff and you see a lot of people talking at people instead of with them and having a conversation yep and and you know we can pick on the, the younger generation here in a minute, but we can also let's pick on the older generation right now Yeah, because we've all seen it, whether even in person, not just Facebook, you have somebody new comes out, ask a question and an old timer will be like, do it this way. And if there's any question or confusion, you'll, you'll hear it from the old timer. If somebody asks, well, why do you do it that way? Well, I've been doing this for 30 <laughs> yeah. years. Because okay. I have this it, many ribbons it, and you should works. listen to yes. me. Yeah. I've, I've had five different field champions or, you know, I've heard plenty of guys say, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's only on a second dog. Okay. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> you know, I'm still not, I'm not saying that the guy with his second dog is a better trainer than you, yeah. but who's to say he's not like the prodigy of dog training. He might right. have the best idea ever. He might have the worst idea, but yeah. you're not going to know unless you actually discuss it. And, you know, Scott was a perfect example of last week when talking to him. He's been doing it for 20 plus years. And a guy he sold a dog to five years prior to that, a quarter of the time that exactly. he's been training dogs, just taught him a completely different outlook on force fetch. And he was open minded and, and listened to it. And, and he's learning from it. Yeah. And so I know we're picking on the kind of the old school guys here because it wasn't too long ago, four or five years, we were kind of getting that treatment from yeah. some of the old timers. But the new people coming in, again, to your point, humility, you you cannot go to a training day and just be like, Well, I'm I'm brand new. I really don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm doing it this way because I saw it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And if you have somebody with 30 years of experience just being like, hey, you know, you might want to consider it this way, you need to hear them out. Don't tune them out because 
oh, he's an older guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. Yeah. Humility is a two way street, right? So you got to be humble enough to take advice, humble enough to receive advice. Uh, and then when you're the one that gives advice, like I, I gave Norm, I mean, it's like funny to me that I gave Norm advice last weekend on something. Yeah. Uh, but what I, what I don't want to do is be like, oh yeah, I just, I just gave a dude <laughs> advice that that's been training dogs for 30 years and yep. like pump myself up. You know, I just noticed something from an outside the student, perspective. The student has become the teacher. <laughs> no, it was, uh, Brooke on the pickup was like kind of slow to pick up the birds and was just not like enthusiastically coming back with it. And Norm's response was like another like harsh command. Yeah. And we're, we're eating dinner and I wasn't really quick to like give my opinion. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, he's been doing it longer than me. So I don't want to feel like an idiot, but we're eating dinner and he's like, I just can't figure that dog out. You know, yep. I've got the dog's mother right here. She was this way. I've been breeding these dogs for, 20 years and like i know these dogs but this one is different and i just i don't know what to do so i was like yep. okay that's that's my chance to offer something i was like well why don't you try when she picks it up like a lot of praise rather than a harsh command and it worked you know so i'm not gonna then go to norm and be like oh see i told you you know uh, <laughs> I've so surpassed you <laughs> right it was just one little thing that i noticed well, and I, and I like because that. Because sometimes you get tunnel vision when you're working with your yes. dog and it takes an outside perspective. And I, and I like that. And that, that's a specific example that, you know, maybe the listeners can can relate to better, better than us just talking to generalities, you know, old versus young, yada, yada, yada. So let's give another specific example. And, uh, I, you know, our buddy Jacob. Yeah. He came out. We went down as a small group there was just four or five of us down there small group we found some pheasants we went out there and trained and uh you know we kind of knew what he was working on because we've trained with him a number of times over the week but prior to him going out in the field and this isn't a surprise to jacob because we talked to him about this afterwards yeah prior to going out in the field you're dealing with me and you're there we've been training with him over a number of weeks norm is there he has a completely different outlook on the certain thing that he was Jacob was trying to work on. We also had a brand new guy that doesn't doesn't even own a dog. He was there asking all kinds of questions. Yeah, and so you kind of had two differing approaches between me and you. What we were trying to advise Jacob to do. Norm had a different output on it, mm -hmm. and then you had a brand new guy asking questions, kind of muddling it all up <laughs> as well. And we, and yeah. And Typical it, training day right there. Exactly. <laughs> and it's that's what I told Jacob afterwards. I'm like, look, Norm has been doing this for a lot longer than me and Adam. Yep. I'm not saying his advice is wrong by any means. I'm not saying that our advice of what we've been working on is right. But this is the thing that I'm going to tell you that you need to consider. You've been working on this a certain way for three or four weeks. It's, mm -hmm. it's paying off. You're seeing it work. Every time we come out here, the dog is acting better on what you're working on. So right before you go out, just because Norm was there, you know, he asked a question. I think it was, do I put a check cord on or not? Yeah. And I was like, oh boy, we're going to be, you know, yeah. the birds are already bagged yeah. up, but we're going to be talking for 30 minutes about right. check cords. And so, <laughs> you know, it's me and you essentially said that, like you already know our 
opinion on what you're working on. We've seen it. It's working. Yeah. Why change? If you want to go with Norm's deal, that's fine. That's what I told him. Whichever way you go, you just have to be consistent with it. You can't show up every training day changing your method. At some point, you as the handler and dog owner have you have to compile all of this information and the whys of all the different methods that people try and help you with. You have to decide what makes sense to you and what you think is for your right right for you and your dog. And then it's your decision. You have to make up your mind, but then you have to stick with it at least long enough to see whether it's working or not before you go to another method. And that's the issue that especially with new people is you'll have the 10 people at training day give 10 different methods. And instead of just finding the one that makes sense to them and going with it, you see them out there every training day doing a different method and you're never going to get anywhere that way. So that's extremely important with dog training is to be consistent. You've got to really pick who you're going to take advice from and then kind of stick with it. But I see some of the best handlers, trainers, something they do is they're willing to take on a new method or a new theory. Just like Scott was talking about last week, you brought it up earlier, his friend that's been training a lot shorter than he has the time. Yeah. Like came up with a new method and he's like, Oh, I'm going to try that. You know, I've seen Ken McAdow who everyone knows like, that's who I look up to. He's my, my mentor. Right. Yeah. I've seen him multiple times go, huh, I'm going to try that from somebody else. It could be someone that's brand new. And he's like, I like that. I'm going to try that. Well, I've done that. Never stop learning. Yeah. I've done that with you. I've, you know, just from a personal experience, I got into this world and I, I found Norm and the other few people that have helped guide me through, through Rachel. And just in the, you know, the past couple of years, it's like, okay, I had slight success with Rachel and I got Lucy. I'm like, well, let's just, do it the same way I did Rachel didn't have the same results. And then just by doing this podcast, just by training with you more and talking to these other trainers. I mean, honestly, before we really got hot and heavy in the podcast, you were, you were talking to me about the go before whoa mentality and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, you know, I was taught that it's okay to do, duck search while doing steadiness in the field it worked out with rachel so i'm just going to keep doing it and now i'm like well now i really see the light and i need to adjust the way i think about it and so it's like there's a certain point even when you do find that one mentor that sometimes Mm -hmm. you can't just close off the rest of the world because you have that one good source go find four or five other good sources and eventually you'll have four or five different mentors. And then when you have certain hurdles or issues, you have four or five people you can ask and discuss with, and you can really probably figure out the issue that you're facing with your dog and how to try and overcome it. And you have multiple perspectives instead of just one. Yeah. So again, with humility, like it's an example, there's an example (laughs) of it right there for, for you to go, Hey, what you were saying was right. Here's another example of it. I wasn't really explaining the why then you're like, why does that make, you know, why do you do it that way? And I'm like, that's what I was told to do it. That's exactly what you said. We're basically saying the same thing to each other. I was told to do it this way. I was told to do it this way. Yeah. And like we talk about the why I wasn't at that point able, I mean, I was able to say why I was like, it can be confusing because you're on one training session, you're telling dog to go and have a bunch of independence. And the next training session, you're going stop and don't move. Um, 
But yeah. you're like, yeah, it's separated. And I couldn't really go any deeper than that and until I'll, we've talked about yeah. it more now with, and talked to other with people. With more knowledgeable people. And yeah, I mean, a perfect example of that. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, yeah, but the dog knows the difference between right. water and a field. Right. And I guarantee a lot of people listening to this is like, yeah, dog knows the difference. So but I've seen it work yes. with your dog and other dogs and a heck of a lot better trainers and handlers than me. They're all saying the same thing. So it's like, okay, when I first started, I was taught that. So why I'm not going to keep fighting it when I'm seeing that a better method is working on the majority of the dogs out there. And it's, it's, you know, they're all advising the same thing. So why would I just say, nope, my way works. Exactly. And here's where I have to have humility is because right now I could be like, I told you, man, you know, I was telling <laughs> you that go before woe thing. Oh, man, you're going to do it when we get off air. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, but the thing is like, have the humility to go, wasn't my method anyways, man. And I couldn't even explain <laughs> why I just knew it worked, but you know, whatever. And then you could say my mentor is better than your mentor. <laughs> well, <laughs> But we're more likely to take each other's advice if you know that you're not going to be like chastised because, yeah. oh, see, I told you I was right. You and know? we've done that a number of times. I yeah. mean, that's just a good example of where I was forced to like really open my eyes. And, and it wasn't so much out of like a requirement. I didn't have to, but it's just like, you know what? I'd be a fool to just keep fighting this because every right. person we have on the podcast that has high level success dogs and I've seen their dogs are telling me the same thing. And I've had a result with Lucy trying to do it the other mm -hmm. way. So it's like, I'm not just going to keep banging my head but against there the wall. are people out there yes. that will continue to try to do it just so they don't have to look at someone and be like, you know what? You were right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there's a, but one day you and I were out doing line drills and uh, we'd put one of our dogs like on woe or in a place or whatever and make them watch and like honor the other dogs retrieve some I've got a, I think we had a bucket out there Yeah, as our marker and I'm sending Mitchell out on these lines and you're like, you know, your dog can't even see your hand. Right. <laughs> and, and I forgot all about that, but yeah. yeah, my initial thought was like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you go back to your tailgate, you know, but I'm like, yeah, man, I, I think you're right. Like, and you gave me a quick lesson on, you know, you actually want to do it with this hand, put your leg this way. Here's why you're pushing, pulling, yada, yada. And I yada. know that you're not going to be like, ha ha, told you so. So it's very easy for me to go. Oh yeah. Thanks dude. Yeah. You're and, like, Oh, move makes, right on. That makes sense. The dog has a perfect line now. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, this is what I, I like to do. If you see a training partner that is doing something that, you know, or you're concerned with isn't right. Instead of just being like, Hey man, you F that up. Do a quick video of it. Everybody's got cell phones. Oh, yeah. just, just stand back, do a video of it, and then just bring it up as a discussion. Because you would be, I don't know if you'd be surprised, but a lot of people may be shocked at how many times if you bring something up and be like, hey, when you did this, you know, you, you did that. Yep. And they're going to be like, no, I didn't. I so many of my training buddies have done that. No, I didn't. I'm like, yeah, I've watched you. Do you, do you want to see yourself? <laughs> and yes. And, and that I started doing that last year. I had one training partner in particular, just kept having the same issue. And he's, and he was asking, what can I do? What can I do? And I'm like, man, like from what my perspective, I see you doing this and no, I'm not I'm like, well, why yeah. do you ask me? And then finally <laughs> right. I just pulled out a video 
And I said it again. I'm like, you did it. No, I didn't. Here's proof. Yeah. And and then he finally had to eat that little humble pie. Yeah. And it wasn't a question of I'm right, you're wrong. But it's like, man, if you're going to ask questions or for yeah. help, be willing to accept it. And then don't, like, don't ask a question or for help and then get prideful and shut them out. It makes no sense. A lot of people just want the affirmation that like, yeah, man, you're, you know, it's not your fault or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the dog's so, genetics. Yeah. So the other day and people don't want to hear that either, but nope. so it's funny. Sometimes they want to blame it on the dog. Sometimes they want to take the blame for it. But, uh, <laughs> the other day at Connor's baseball game, you know, struck out and he's like, yeah, that second pitch. I can't even believe the ump called it a strike after the game. And I was like, Oh, well it was a strike. He's like, yeah, right. Dad. <laughs> I said, do you want to see it? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I, I got it on video. Yeah. Oh, sure. I guess. So I showed him and I like paused it, zoomed in, you know, it was very <laughs> obvious it was a strike and the catcher's mitt didn't even move, buddy. <laughs> right. And he, he kind of was like, yeah, it was a strike. Yeah. <laughs> so, and don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you're going out there video other people right. to critique them, but no, if you're, the if you're is- in that scenario to where you have a good training partner that you know you're trying to help out and you see an issue that they've been having for a while and they're asking for help you know it may not be the bad be a bad idea i mean it's just like all athletes they go buy off you know video for themselves right and, and i like video on myself doing stuff and that helps me figure out what i'm doing wrong on my own a lot of the time as well absolutely so We've talked about Norm a couple times. Norm like got into me a couple weeks ago. I mean, he wasn't like yelling at me or anything, but he was like, dude, I'm telling you, you're wrong. You need to listen. And I'm like, okay. I was like, maybe I'll take a step back and Norm, like you're getting fired up. I I better listen. But you know, I had, and I think I've talked about it before, but I had an, in my mind that these are the levels that I use on my e-collar for my dog. I remember that. And you know, Mitchell goes on point. I turn it to four and I'm ready to hit him on four high. If he moves, Norm's got the collar and I'm flushing it. It was like a pheasant, I think. And I'm flushing this thing and Mitchell just broke and like caught it, which was surprising at the, uh, at his level. Yeah, yeah. It was like steps back. Yeah. And I kind of look at Norm like, can you press the button? He is like, I'm holding both of these things down. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm you're doing it wrong. I'm like, you're pressing the button wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm like blaming him. Like, there's no way. He's like, I'm telling you, I know how to push. That's a button. not high enough for the dog. And yeah. I'm like, Norm, there's no way I'm turning that thing up to five. And he's like, I'm telling you, it you needs to, to get turned up. And finally, I was like, okay, it's. I know my dog. I know he's got enough drive. You know, I could probably shock him as high as that thing goes, and it's not going to make him scared of birds. Like, okay. All right. Yeah. You know what, Norm? You're right. And even if you're wrong, it's not going to like ruin my dog. Right. So I'm like, let's do it. Let's put it on five. And he, he budged a little bit on the next bird and Norm pressed it on five, you know, and shocked the dog on five and it got the point across. Now I don't want to get like into e-collars too much. And the fact that (laughs) I knew my dog, I knew it wasn't going to be too much for the dog and all that. We weren't teaching the dog at that point. It wasn't uh, negative reinforcement. It was positive punishment at yep. that point because he knows better. And I had to, to eat a slice of humble pie and go, hey, not only, hey, Norm, you were right, but thank you. Yeah. Because I would have come out here for four more weeks 
tapping around on a lower level of stem than what I needed. And I got it all done in, in one shot. Yeah. You know, and the next couple of training sessions have been great because of that. And I've told Norm multiple times, thank you. I'm sorry that I even, you know, started to disagree. And he's like, <laughs> no. And here's where he fires back with more humility. No, man, it's good that you, you know, disagreed initially so we could talk through it and all that. Yeah. So, well, humility, and it, man. <laughs> and it helps with a person like Norm because he'll just sit there and be quiet the whole time. He's one of yeah. those guys that, like, when he actually has something to say, there's a reason he has something to say. But I'm hearing a trend out of you. Apparently, you don't trust your training partner's uh, capability of pushing buttons because <laughs> you did the same thing with me on the winger when the battery was dead, like, months ago. I'm like, dude, I'm telling I know how to push it a was button. The, it was the launcher. <laughs> I'm like, Nick, you're not pressing that button right. And then, yeah, I put a fresh battery in it. You know what, though? On the topic of humility, I came back and told you I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, stuff like that. I mean, we talk about it all the time and we've talked about it over the past few episodes, you know, an e-collar level, just because you're used to it, you have to take certain days and scenarios into play on adjusting the level. And so that right there, it's like things are constantly changing. So you have to be open to hearing all the different methods. And so it's, it's all the more reason to understand the why of everything. And, you know, if you show up to a training day, a NAVDA training day once a month, and you're getting 10 different perspectives every single month on the same thing, you're never going to understand what you're trying to do. You're, you have to start with the foundation and pick one thing that we're working on. Okay, I'm working on recall right now. I've got a young puppy. I'm working on this. Okay, that doesn't mean that you have to go shoot 10 birds in the field. It, it, you're working on one thing. You go out there and you have a plan. We've talked about that in the past. You're going out there with a plan. You've done your homework beforehand. You've talked to people beforehand developed kind of in your head what you want to do and it's your job as the handler to know going out there this is the direction i'm wanting to go and if something needs to be kind of tweaked a little bit some somebody's experienced and they'll be like hey i know you're planting the bird this way or in a winger over there like maybe it's better to do it this way mm -hmm. just be open to do it you know it that people say all the time the best thing that you can do at your first training day is show up with duct tape over your mouth right yeah just open your ears shut your mouth and you can learn a lot and there's you know i'm going to say 90 percent. yes absolutely but at some point you have to take that duct tape off the mouth to have a conversation <laughs> and start asking questions and start yep. asking questions and the people that are so afraid of just answering why mm -hmm. so if you you know it, we keep saying that people are probably already sick of listening to this because it's you know maybe we're going back in a circle but it's true if you're trying to advise somebody on how to do something and you don't understand the why you're telling them to advise mm -hmm. then maybe you shouldn't be the one advising them on that method <laughs> yeah you know I, i've been in that and i tell everybody you know we we get just because we're on a podcast everybody thinks that we have the answer. So we get a lot of questions. I mean, you're constantly on the phone with people trying to help them out. And I tell them all the same thing. I'm not afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of times when I'm talking to people that come in with questions where I might know a couple answers yeah. and then you get rolling where you're like, yeah, I'm giving someone advice. This feels good. <laughs> and they ask something else and you got to go, I don't know. I've got yep. no clue. <laughs> and a lot of the situation is you know, I, I can't see your dog. Yeah. 
you know, and, and especially if it's a first time owner, you know, asking a, a puppy question or something is right. And they don't even know what, what to communicate, how to describe how their dog's reacting to gunfire or something, whatever it is. It's just, you know what, instead of BSing you and feeding you a load of crap to where it can really harm your understanding and messing your training and dog up, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. And, you know, maybe find somebody else that's closer by, your mentor, more experienced person in the chapter, whoever, you know, look for perfect, you know, dogs resembling the issue on YouTube. Be careful with some of these YouTube videos. But, you know, there's personal responsibility as the owner, the dog handler, the trainer. At some point, you have to make the decision yourself. You have to find the information from multiple sources and be able to apply it to your own dog. And asking just one person isn't going to be it. And if one person, there's not one person out there that has all the answers. So a lot of times when you get advice, it's not the exact advice that you want to hear. So it's really hard to apply that advice. And the most basic example of it is someone that's brand new, shows up to training day. They've got you know, a German short hair or whatever. They initial similar story, right? They got it because it's a cool dog. And then they're like, Oh, well maybe I should hunt with it. Oh, here's this Navda thing. Let me go out and try this. So they sign up to get two or three birds because they think yep. that's what it's going to need. And then you get out there in the field and the dog won't go further than 10 feet from the handler. Well, the handler wants to see their dog point a bird. You know, that's what they've been thinking about all week. They sign up for this NAVTA training day. They've paid for two or three birds, and they're like, sweet, I'm finally going to get to see Fido point a bird. <laughs> no, you're not. I mean, we can try, but here's here's where I'm going to, like, kind of ruin your plan a little bit. Yeah. You're not going to get to see your dog pointing birds today. What you probably need to work on with your dog is getting him to leave your side and search. Yeah. So I'm literally going to take one of these birds out of this bag and you're going to watch your $5 bill fly away so that your dog chases it and gets away from you. Yeah. That happened at the last training day and the guy's like, yeah, man, that sounds great. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Go for it. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that would be like, well, yeah, I don't, we're not just throwing $5 bills away yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to explain like, we're not, but you're not ever going to see your dog point if he doesn't leave your your side you well, know and i mean you know if you show up to a training day and before you've even been out in the field everybody's telling you exactly what to do with your dog right you know right there i mean i guess you can listen and learn the methods that they're talking but don't walk away that being like oh i'm doing that with my dog they haven't even seen your dog and so my my first day at an avda training day i didn't know anything at all like i'm just showing up i'm like i got a bird dog i want to hunt with the bird dog eventually like you know i was told to come here and i show up and there was this guy there i can't remember his name because i haven't seen him since that first summer yeah and that was five years ago four or five years ago super nice guy but i'm i'm not the type of guy that goes over there i didn't want jump out of the truck and be like somebody teach me how to train my dog i'm i'm gonna kind of stand off to the side kind of gauge the environment and see who all is doing what and just kind of take it all in before i start just asking people questions well this one guy just zeroed in on me there's the new guy i'm gonna go i'm gonna go claws into him yes (laughs) and 
he's sitting there telling me exactly what to do with my dog. And I hadn't even told him what I thought the dog needed because, A, I didn't know. And then, B, he hadn't seen the dog. And he's just sitting there advising me on what to do. You know, you need this collar. You need this check cord. So you're going to go out there and the bird's going to be out there. And then you're going to grab the dog by the collar and take a knee while the dog bird flush. And I'm just sitting here like, okay, okay. Like it just sounded wrong, but I didn't know any better. To just flat out be like, dude, I got this. Like, no, I'm good. But like, that's a, super nice. He was trying to help. Yeah. And you know, I've, to this day, I still remember what he was telling me to do. It wasn't right. Because it was so crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's just, you know, to your point, like, when new people come out, they'll they'll call me a lot of the time and say, hey, this is my first time out here. I don't know what to order on birds. I'm like, well, where are you at? Tell me where you're at. I don't know what they'll, to tell you either until you tell me what right. you're working on. And so they'll des- describe where they're at, and, you know, nine times out of ten, it's – you know, the intro level stuff, people that have truly never been there before. And and I'm like, okay, well, you've been working on obedience here. Like I would advise you just get a bird, just one bird, yep. just so that we can throw it out in the field. The No expectations. The pup can do no wrong. We're going to see what the puppy is doing. Like, because especially new beginners, they don't know where they're going. They don't know how to describe where they're at. Okay. Before I tell you what we're going to do in the path for future training days, let's see where he's at first. Right. And just start there. And and as a new person going in there, don't go to a training day and expect to walk out knowing how to get your VC, how to get your finished dog. It's just like the dog. It's a, it's a progression. You have to build that foundation of understanding for yourself and then go from there. You're constantly building and adding on to it to build just a stronger training database essentially right yeah the and with that the more people that you can watch um so what you see a lot of times at training day is people they get their stuff done they do the the intro with the birds and then they're gone you know you go back to meet them in the parking lot to be like hey i'm really excited or let's exchange phone numbers and whatever and you're like where, where'd the guy in the minivan go with the kids <laughs> and the puppy and they're gone yeah. and you know what would really help them is to go out and watch a, a utility level dog that's a couple years old that's yeah. that's working on utility stuff any of those different levels or go back out with other puppies and see how every dog is different yeah. like we say all the time because the next puppy that goes out in the field it's not going to do exactly what their dog well, just I mean, did you're a perfect example of that. How much did you learn prior to you getting Mitch of you constantly going out to the train chapter training days before you even had the dog? Right. And that was huge for me to go out there and, you know, I'd had a dog before and then I knew about NAVDA, but was like, eh, I don't really care about, you know, I just want to hunt with my dog yeah. <laughs> and then ended up going. Cause that's what, and asked that I'd do the, the NAVDA thing at least for natural ability. And I was kind of interested in it anyways, starting to get a little interested. So yeah, going out there and seeing all the different levels of dogs, anywhere from like you're talking eight week old puppy to six month old puppy up to VCs that are like just being used as, uh, for other dogs to back dogs that are working on utility old dogs that are just getting out there just to get a bird here just and there. all of them <laughs> just all ranges yeah. man so i really got to see and then it's it's just like with 
with anything else. You look at something and you go, I'm never going to do that with my dog. That, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That's horrible. Or on the other hand, I'm doing exactly that. But you're right. You start developing your database. And that's probably the most important thing someone can do at a training yes. day is, like you said earlier, bring the duct tape and watch and listen. But put your dog away. Yes. And go watch other people's dogs. Yes. Your dog doesn't have to be out for you to be able to learn. Absolutely. And uh, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, you're excited. You have your dog, especially if it's your first one and it's a puppy and you're just like, yeah, like let's, I want my puppy out. Yep. Your puppy is not going to learn by sitting in the waiting area, looking down on the field at other dogs doing this. <laughs> We've heard it all like it. And you know, it's just put them up, go out there, help plant birds. You don't know how to plant birds. Go figure it out. They'll, they'll show you. They'll teach you. That's yep. how I learned. That's you know how what you else learned. is cool? You're actually training your dog by doing that to be in some isolation yes. in a kennel by itself for a and little relaxing. bit. Guess what it's going to have to do on test day, unless you're going to walk it around, around on a leash all day, all day long. Yeah. But it needs to learn how to be in a kennel, in a vehicle, and zone out with a gunner, yeah. you know, gunner fan blowing on it. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's true. And, you know, it's, it's just drinking from a fire hose. I mean, it, you don't know what you don't know. It, it, it's really that simple. And it's it just, just, be prepared if you ask 10 people to get 10 different responses and you have to weed through all that. And ultimately, you're looking for the method that makes sense to you that obviously is not harmful to your dog or you, you know, and, and it ultimately you can just apply in a way that you understand if X goes wrong, okay, maybe I just, you know, come at it from this angle because people can tell you how to do everything they can tell you exactly every step they did on their dog they can hand you their training journal and you know on august 5th 2003 i did three reps of this with my dog well okay your dog is different and anything else can go wrong so like that doesn't help if you don't understand the reasoning of it and all the elements that go into it i mean even if you want to be kind of tongue-in-cheek but like Maybe it was August, right? It was hot. It was green. No wind. And yep. now it's a fall day where it's cool and there's a lot of wind. <laughs> and like, you really got to take everything into account. Not yeah. just that dogs are different, but every handler's different. There's so many different uh, variables. Variables. Yeah. Yeah. Everything changes. And so, you know, it, again, like I was saying at the beginning of this episode, it was kind of such a wide target of what we're going to talk about like it's hard to put into words but it, it it is very overwhelming i guess in a lot of ways for a new person coming out and and trying to learn and i get it you just you want help there's there's a good way to go about getting that help and you know you can't just take 20 different methods and apply them all at one time you, you really have to do the homework and the effort on your end to understand what somebody's telling you and find that trustworthy source, the mentors that Adam really, you know, he, he preaches about every week and just pay attention, shut your mouth, learn. And then when it's one-on-one, -on -one, you can have a conversation with them and ask. Yeah. And it's, uh, I guess the balance between all of it is we're telling you to pick a mentor, pick a path and stick to it. 
but don't totally shut down all the other opinions. You know, yep. still hear them, but you have to decide on on what method you're going to use, and uh, and then realize when you have another puppy, you might be doing it all again. That's right. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy this podcast and would like to contribute even more to future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.